0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
1: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dalvin.
2: And once again, joining the show is the sous chef of the garden show, Frank Proctor, nice to have you uh, by here to keep us dry and warm. (laughs) Well, not so much warm today. The temp's are not that bad, Charlie, but... Boy,
3: is it soggy.
2: Wet, wet, and and the danger here now, of course, is... The, the ground is covered in a lot of ice, yeah. and that water's got nowhere to go, so danger of flooding. You know? So we hope everybody's okay well, with their basements and uh, stuff. Yeah,
3: and if you, well, they're saying, you know, uh, if you've got snow up against the uh, foundation of your house yeah. or around your window wells, move it away if you can. Yep. But I, uh, driving here, I cannot believe the number of people I saw out jogging. I Me too. And and there is quite thought, a lot. Like I'm sometimes saying, the sidewalk is clear, yeah. but then all of a sudden the sidewalk has a bunch of ice, and these guys are like tripping along. I'm going, Wow! Now more just last week,
2: I, I was by the station and uh, coming along. I guess it was King Street, and I noticed uh, two people walking their dogs. And the dog's got little rubber uh, shoes on, which I thought was kind of cool, you know? I think it's to protect them from salt. Yes, exactly.
3: Salt is really hard because they lick their their feet, right, when they come in.
2: Poor little guys. Anyway, uh, good morning to all the dog walkers out there. Nice uh, to have you with us too and If and you're a
3: jogger, more <laughs> power too.
2: Well. But
3: it is, it's a bit dangerous out, out there right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> oh, they're trying to protect theirs, I know. <laughs> Phone numbers, I better give you those to reach Charlie at the Garden Show here at AM 740 416 and then anywhere else. In the province, toll free, one 744 740 And our little mantra goes this way, uh, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you are a first-time caller, please let James Dooley, who answers the phone there, know. And I will ring that bell just for you, okay? Very good, very yes. good.
3: A uh, couple of quick announcements. Oh, sure. Uh, remember, tomorrow, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is meeting from one thirty to 4 p.m. at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East. Free admission, free parking, and non-members are welcome. Monday, the Agent Court Garden Club is meeting from, at 8 p.m. And again, free parking, refreshments available. Everybody is welcome. And something to put on your calendar. Uh, something I actually attended last year, it is an annual event, the Southern Ontario Orchid Society. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, this. they're presenting their 35th annual orchid show. It's the, it's on the mm-hmm. weekend of Saturday and Sunday, February 8th and 9th. It is at the Toronto Botanical Gardens from 11 to 5 every day. Uh, and as they say, the sights and scents of a tropical rainforest full of blooming orchids will fill the TBG and enchant every visitor.
2: It must be pretty humid in there too, would not
3: it? Well, yeah. I mean, in order for them to be truly happy, mm-hmm. but it is a show, right? They're just yeah. in there for a couple of days, um, so it's not—it's not like a greenhouse kind of humidity. It's—it's oh, it's okay. still a building, right? Mm-hmm. It's still a regular building. But um, I mean, the, the thing is that the orchids are not just sitting there in pots. It's displays, like the different groups that make up the uh, Southern Ontario Orchid Society will put together combinations. Ah, and it's, right, okay. It, it's It's very creative and innovative, and if you're an orchid lover, it's amazing, the the different varieties. I mean, literally hundreds of different varieties Mm. of orchids. You know, from tiny, tiny, almost microscopic ones to six foot tall.
2: Wow. Right? Like orchids
3: from every color. I mean, that's what I mean. Like orchids are just, oh, they're just every kind of variety out there and and they just cover so many different sizes and scents sounds
2: like a great place to head it's a really
3: neat place to head particularly in february you know when it's dull Mm -hmm. and also frankly if you're at all interested in orchids of course there are sales sales areas where you can buy orchids and there are experts with years of experience some as many as 50 years will be available with advice about how to care for orchids um, remember, of course, the Southern Ontario Orchid Society is a non organization dedicated to bringing orchid lovers together. Under, this, under the, the guidance of the Southern Ontario Orchid Society, guide, uh, members share their knowledge about growing, breeding, preserving, and conserving the vast family of orchids.
2: Excellent. Well, yeah. that's, that's a good little uh, start to the show for gosh sakes. We're going to continue go. with more. We've got several callers online already waiting to talk to you, Charlie, and ask or uh answer questions that other people have had. Uh but in the meantime in the meantime, it is now time <laughs> to exercise. Well, yes, got- <laughs> I'm feeling Brawny. <laughs> Brawny. Brawny, that's good. Yeah.
3: That's, I think it's the post-Christmas needing to uh, think about that extra yeah. little layer around the waistline. And, of course, to be able to maintain the active yes. lifestyles that you yes. and I both very much I'm embrace. I'm doing my finger
2: push-ups as we speak.
3: We find that we can I... be far less, uh, <laughs> far more effective and certainly pain-free mm. with the use of daily use of Sierra Sil. Did you remember to take your three little pills today?
2: You know something. What? No. No. Oh, well, there you go. Now, so that's why I you're only be doing I finger be
3: pushups.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get. I've got to, you know, remember.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's like vitamins, right? Yeah. It's one of those daily well, things. Well, you should take
2: them, you know, before I go to bed.
3: Oh. Well, you got to put them out there with your little glass of milk or whatever it is. Yeah, a little glass of milk. (laughs)
2: And wait for Santa to arrive. Yeah.
4: All
3: right. (laughs) Anyway, Sierra Cell is a completely natural mineral supplement that for many people will work to help make joints work more smoothly and eliminate pain that often just comes with age. Yeah. Uh, Available at many health food stores, include Health Planet stores at five locations, Uh, also available over the web, sierrasill.ca, or give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size.
1: There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Well, following that neat little poetic uh, offering, let us uh, <laughs> go to the lines and uh, see who our good friend James Patrick Dooley has lined up to speak to. Why, it's Gary there in T.O. and, hey, first-time caller, Gary. Where <coughs> are you go. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you very much. Hi, Gary. And, uh, do you know anything about an uh, aloe vera plant yep. in the west, facing west?
3: Okay, that's good. That's fairly bright, as long as it's a window without a lot of covering on it
4: not
3: really. Like no uh, blinds or shears or any of that kind of stuff. No. That's good. That works because that is if you don't have a south window, your west is your next best window.
5: Yeah, I had it in the east before. Oh yeah, so
3: it was no. okay. Well, west is better just cuz it's a little more intense light. Aloe vera is a succulent. Yeah. So of course it it's able to store a lot of liquid in its leaves and its stems and roots. And so it is very easy to overwater a plant like aloe vera because we think it's dry, the soil appears dry, but it really doesn't want water, and that's the most common way to kill an aloe vera is overwatering.
4: Exactly, yeah. And I know you only like water it maybe once every two weeks or so.
3: You know what, I have a big aloe vera, I think I water it about twice a year. Oh really? really? Yeah, oh. yeah. Because you, what you do is you feel the, the leaves, uh-huh. and as long as they're firm, do not water. As soon as they start to feel a little bit soft, a little bit, you know, like literally soft mm-hmm. softer, then you water. But of, oh, yeah. but so you know. B- bottom line is, when you think it's time to water, don't wait at, at least wait one more week after that, because <laughs> you think it's time, but it really isn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. How is yours looking? Otherwise.
4: That's fucking fine. Okay, it's good. Grew up, it's grown
3: and it's got babies. And- nice. Hey, that's oh, great. Yeah. And if you're really lucky, it'll flower, if it's really happy. It'll flower. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, if you're it, if it really lucky and it's really a happy plant. So consider some fertilizer as we get into the real growing season, March no, no. through to September, but otherwise uh, just water as required and uh, and keep it in that sunny location. Thanks so much for your advice. Uh, you're very welcome. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Gary.
2: No. And uh, always welcome here to The Garden Show. Phone uh, lines again, 416-360-0740 and one 866 740 anywhere else in the province. And Tom, uh, good morning to you.
4: Hey, how are you two? Very Excellent. well. Did I, did
2: I understand you're a first-time caller as well?
4: This is my first time getting through. I've attempted many times. <laughs> well,
2: let me just uh, give you the bell with a little bit of vigor behind it here. There we are. <laughs> Welcome well, thank to the show. Very much. Okay.
3: Thanks for getting through. What's going on? Well, um, I just I'm
4: a newbie at water gardening, mm-hmm. and I was lucky to stumble across the Greater Toronto Water Garden Society.
6: I mm-hmm.
4: uh, used to be at the. Uh, Botanical, Toronto Botanical Gardens, but uh, I just wanted to make an announcement that Mm -hmm. they're moving, as of this month, to the Banbury Club, maybe four or five blocks north of uh, their old location, Right. and January 26th will be their first meeting, and it'll be, the topic will be the Japanese water gardens.
3: Cool. Yeah,
4: very, very good.
3: So you've been attending the meetings and learning all about different styles and designs and ways to water garden?
4: Well, yes, we did some renovation in our backyard, and we ended up with a big hole. We decided it would be cheaper to fill it with water than to bring in topsoil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so knowing nothing but that, uh, we we came across the Water Garden Society, and they taught us pumps, they taught us yeah, plants, they taught good. us fish, uh, marginals, all kinds of things that we're putting into practice.
3: So now you've, did you realize that it would have been cheaper to bring in the topsoil? <laughs> no, 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 no.
4: We enjoy it immensely. There's nothing like having oh. a coffee early in the morning, listening to the waterfall and watching it. our fish.
3: I absolutely agree with you. Oh yeah, there's nothing better than that That sound of water and mm-hmm. obviously the movement and the life within the water. You know, whether it's wandering out with a coffee or just the, the sitting outside and, you know, the neighbor's mowing the lawn and somebody else, some little kid is Screeching somewhere else, but you don't hear it because you've got that other ambient white noise of the water going on, and it's just, That's oh, I love it.
4: Even our neighbors come out on their balcony and, and you know, set up their chairs and listen to it. Oh, I bet. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, so you've got quite the water garden, it sounds like, with, like you said, plant like a whole <sighs> ecosystem. It is quite a responsibility once you get that ecosystem going.
2: Now, how'd you do uh, during all the ice uh, storm and all that sort of thing with that?
4: Oh, yeah, that that never, that didn't bother us too much. We were out for about four days, but uh, we had a fireplace and a barbecue, and, of course, the, fa- the pond just sits there frozen and it's yeah. quite happy. Oh,
3: so you don't keep the pond open uh, for the fish that are in there?
4: Yeah, we keep a small heater that opens an 8-inch mm-hmm. hole that lets the gases out. Right. And the fish just go dormant, sit on the bottom.
3: So with the ice storm and the lack of electricity, of course, your pond froze over for a couple of days, I guess. That's correct. But you're confident everything's fine?
4: Well, and, you know, it wasn't so bad. I, um the uh, temperature rose right after Mm -hmm. the ice
3: storm. That's right.
4: And it wasn't that thick. So uh, it didn't freeze much.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the really bad cold was just this last week, but we all had electricity for that. That's correct.
4: (laughs) And, you know, uh, thanks to the uh, Water Garden Society, they taught all me this over the last two years, and I just want to see if anybody else out there with water wants to uh, go to the meeting.
3: Excellent. So Banbury Club, January 26th, what time?
4: Uh, it starts at about one in the afternoon. Okay, there it is. Excellent,
3: Japanese Tom. Japanese green. Thanks so much for the call. You're, you're
2: doing a Thank good job. Thank very, you very much. Doing <laughs> a good job as communications director of the. Uh, <laughs> take All care. All right, you two have a
4: good day. Thank, Thank you care.
2: so much. Do we uh, have another little word to say here? Uh, uh, yes,
3: we do. Do we? Do we do? Uh, I'm just. I'm another looking forward to no, say. another Only word. Only a to say little it. word. <laughs> no big words.
2: <laughs> well. I'm I'm indicating that if you could, if this were televised, you'd see me waving my arms around, and, and saying, "Charlie, do I do exercises <coughs> Do I have now? to do more exercises? Yeah, do I? Okay, so will stand if, up now, so
3: you know what? There's we're
2: yes, the Franks will, yes, talking about go. Sierra
3: Zill. They have a couple of new products. One Thank of them is a topical spray. Oh, really? Yeah. So 100 percent natural almost instant pain well, relief.
2: You forced me to sit down again. That shocked me. That <laughs>
3: <first>. <laughs> so you don't even have yeah. to take those three little pills yeah. and remember them. Uh, you can actually spray this almost instant pain relief. Um, so that's kind of cool. They, so they've got a lot of research going on. They're an interesting group of people. They're constantly looking at ways to improve everyone's lifestyle.
2: Based in Vancouver?
3: That's right. And, yeah. it, you know, whether you're an athlete, whether, you know, like a professional athlete, or heading off to the Olympics and taking your Sierra Sil, or you are uh, or an amateur athlete, obviously, or you're just somebody who, through um, age, are feeling some of the joint pain that comes when we, we want to be active. And you want to stay active, Sierra Sil can be very, very helpful. So for more information, 1-877-JOINT-14. Check them on the web, sierrasil.ca, or pick up up Sierra Sil at any local
6: health food store.
2: Okay, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.
6: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias,
5: delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams.
1: you picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Yes, the darling of the daisies is with us. Once again, that's Charlie Dobbin, of course. And uh, I want to say hi to Irene out in Belgrave, who got bumped last. We ran out of time. Yes, it happened. And she'd been waiting and waiting. And so finally, finally, she gets on the air now. Okay. Welcome to the show, Irene. Uh,
7: yes, I, you're kind of fading away a bit.
2: But... Oh, oh, my gosh. Well, they've said that before about me. <laughs>
8: Good morning, Irene. <laughs> you are, but your voice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Ask your question there. Well,
7: a friend gave me an orchid plant when my sister passed away a couple of months I go, and there's nothing wrong with it right now, but she threw out the directions, and I didn't know about watering or what to do with it. Or hmm. Do you have any idea what kind of orchid it is? N- no, I don't. It's on a tall, tall. there's two of them. They're on tall, really, stems, and hmm. uh, it's got about 14 blooms on it right
3: now. Oh, nice. What color is it? It's purple. Lovely. Well, mauvey purple. Mm-hmm. Right. So likely what it is, it's the orchid that we see most often available. uh, And like you were just saying, Frank, Mm. you know, you had one yourself. I think it was like a Costco orchid. These are what they call the moth orchids or a a paphiopodellum. Now, the best way to look after those. Now, I mean, okay, regular room temperature is fine. You don't have to worry about temperature. No. Light, good light, uh, dep- if, if you actually, do, like... It, I, I have it as an east window. East is good. Even north is good when it comes to the moth orchids. They don't need a lot of, of extreme sunlight like we get out of the southern windows. So east is good. And have you got it right in the window? Uh,
7: no, it's, it's on my dining room table, but it's right at
3: the window. Okay, so it might be nicer if you can get a little closer to the window. Like, how many feet away would you say it is on the dining room table from the window? Yes,
7: but I can push it over closer to the window.
3: Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it, it, it does make a difference. You want it, if you can, to have that actual orchid two to three feet away from the window. I see. So you don't want it touching the glass. You don't want it too close to the window because it will be too cold. But you don't want it more than three feet away because the light levels will be well, too low.
7: That on this table would
3: be about what that would be. Oh, okay. Perfect. Oh, now,
7: cool. uh, somebody told me, one lady told me that she had one and she gave it an ice cube mm-hmm. once a week and pick a day and do it the same day every week. And another lady gave hers a quarter of a cup of water, which I guess is basically about the same.
3: Right. So the difference in those two kinds of care is that the quarter cup of water, particularly if it's been sitting out, is room temperature. And uh, is much more much more gentle on the plant than yeah, so a freezing. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, a freezing cold ice cube is like oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> How would you like to be you know surrounded by ice cubes as a way you know it's just one orchid of those orchid with long underwear. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Whoa. Shivering. <laughs> so, so but what we like about the ice cube idea is that it does provide a slow watering. Mm. It's not just a big dump of water onto water, the plant. No. So that you're right. That little quarter cup trickled in around the the wood chips, which is what the orchid is growing in, is a good idea. It will likely run through and out the holes in the bottom of the pot. But of course you have a saucer below and it will slowly be absorbed back into the pot. I see. So that's all fine. And and the other thing that orchids love is humidity. Our homes tend to be very dry at this time of year with the hot air blowing around and the furnace, etc. So anything you can do to raise the humidity levels is a good thing. Yes. Okay, so that's uh, spritzing, misting a couple of times a day, if you if you wish to do so. Uh, it's putting. Well, I have a humidifier. Oh, good, and you've got your humidifier set as high as you possibly can.
6: <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. uh,
3: and of course, that's a bit hard when the temperatures are fluctuating all over the place. We have condensation on our windows, and then all of a sudden we're above zero, and we're all good with our high humidity in our houses. But the plants, particularly tropical and subtropical plants, they love humidity. So humidifier set as high as you can uh, set it, spritzing and misting, even a pebble tray, uh, a tray full of pebbles below the orchid, f- and the tray is always filled with water, and oh, that water yeah. is constantly evaporating around the plant. Around and it, it And yeah. it just raises the humidity in that specific area. That can make a real difference.
7: Well, it seems to be doing all right so far. It's a couple of months ago, so... excellent. Good to hear. I, I seem to be able to kill plants.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or I find orchids fairly tough myself. They're not a super simple plant, but then there's certainly many kinds out there, some of which are simpler than others. All right, so, well, it's
7: really pretty, and yeah. the friend of I he gave it to me when my sister passed away, and it's kind of a nice to have something. Great. Of course, sure. Well, there
3: you go. Well, good for I you.
7: I really enjoy your program. I enjoy all the programs on Seven forty. Thank
3: you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for calling. Well,
7: thank you for, and I'm glad I was able to get through, and I'll yeah. maybe
3: call again. Please, Please do. Thanks. Okay, uh, and
2: there she goes, the hit man of the garden. She loves boom, killing off stuff there.
3: Well, I was going to say, you, well, if you give the numbers, I thought we could just yeah. update because I remember you had an orchid at one point. Yes, let's, I let's did. Let's just tell everybody where you are on your orchids.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm saying. Good night, Irene. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it, it it passed away. It did. Huh? Yes, yes. And I don't. You're know pretty what good the at was. killing things. I I am. I am really damn good at killing things, it seems but no i it was going along fine and i don't know what happened well you know you had to move in there too oh, that probably was, you know things. that's ex- yes now i think that, that's exactly or, right all it in.
3: plants are living things and yeah. can't be neglected for too long or you know yeah. carried upside down or any of that kind of stuff so yeah there it is sometimes hard to move with plants but you know i have three orchids because I as you know I'm not a real orchid person and I've spent many years killing them myself. So <laughs> now I'm feeling so that I really needed to, you know, learn a little more, which is why yeah. I went to the Southern Ontario Orchid Society meeting last year or the the big event, the show, and I picked up a little orchid that grows in a sunny location. And okay. that one is doing very nicely in my southern window, covered in flowers. Wow. And I have two others that are the similar to what our color um, uh, Irene was calling about, which is the phalaenopsis, the moth orchids. One's a mini and one's a regular. And they're in a north window and one of them is, is just blooming now, just sending out a flower stem. All right. Uh,
2: you had mentioned giving out the phone numbers, mm-hmm. and I better do that before we continue here. Okay. Because we have a couple of my, uh, lines open right now. 416 in Toronto. And then anywhere else in the province, toll free for The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 1-866-740-4740. All right. Is, uh, is this so – I'm looking at our monitor – and I've got a question, our good friend James Patrick Dooley. Is this call actually coming in from Calgary? Yes. Alberta? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Larry, good morning and welcome. A first time caller, certainly from Calgary. <laughs> hey, how are you this morning?
6: I'm great. How are you? This morning? Good.
3: Good morning. How are you? Welcome to the show.
6: Has it warmed up there? Oh, it has. Ah. Yeah.
3: We're well above zero today. It's raining
6: still minus 10 here. so.
3: But that's a warm-up for you guys, isn't it?
6: That's not bad, yeah. (laughs) So my my question is, I have this hibiscus that's been sort of handed down in the family. It's about 40 years old. Mm. It's flowered for me every year. And this year I was having windows put in just prior to Christmas, and the temperature in the house dropped to like 2 degrees. Mm -hmm. And the hibiscus froze, I think, or all the leaves went dead.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, shriveled up. I guess they kind of went limp and then fell off
6: well they haven't even fallen off okay
3: yet. but they're hanging they're just limp still they're green right yeah limp and very yeah, dry. okay
6: so now there is a little tiny bit of green mm-hmm. right at the at the stock at the bottom mm-hmm. where it seems to be some generating new growth mm-hmm. do i cut this right back down now or what what is there is there any any hope of making this thing survive oh
3: yeah probably it's um is it a multi-stem plant or, or yes, grown it's as it's a tree
6: it's yeah like- it's got like a big
3: bush wow that's pretty pretty fun having something that old in the family so what you'll find um tropical and subtropical plants of course they don't like to be in freezing and below zero for any length of time but many of them are much tougher than we realize Mm -hmm. so you're right it could be a case where all those tips and stems got just you know got too cold and have now died, but of course there is still vigor and health within the root, which is below the soil level and would not have been as cold, just because they're right. protected by the soil, and uh, could have survived. So cutting it right back might be the way to go ultimately. But for now, what I would do is I would look really closely at the tips. If there is any life in those st- you know, branches, you will see very small... You know, vestigial, if you will, green buds on that plant. Because it has been a couple of weeks now since this whole cold thing happened, right? Yeah,
6: it's actually been about three
3: weeks. Yeah, and you've had it so You've maintained it in that sunny location that it was normally in, and you haven't over-watered it through this process because it's not using much water, right? It's just been no, in I shock.
6: Haven't, I haven't. I actually have one of the clay automatic watering things on it because we travel a lot. Oh, yeah. So it keeps it pretty much consistent, and it, it hasn't really changed it's gone. it's it's slowed right down a lot.
3: Okay, good. So the automatic watering thing knows the water's not being used, so it's slowed down the amount that's, that it's watering. That's right, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, because it won't be. With all those leaves just, just going, you know, completely dormant like that. So what I do is I would look really closely, just to be sure that there might be life in those stems. The other thing is you can, with your uh, fingernail, you can scrape the bark on the, the branches, see if it's green underneath, or if it's just white and brown underneath. You may find that just, what I'd be inclined to do would be I would cut all the tips back I would go through the entire plant cutting it back about two inches everything and what you'll find is if there's life in those stems and branches that will force them out that will they will start to grow from that point if when you're cutting it's all kind of dry and brown and it's dropping to the ground and nothing really happens but nevertheless you will start to see growth from wherever the plant is alive. So whether it's uh, the tips where you now have removed, you know, two or three inches, or it's right from the base. One way or the other, doing a whole tip pruning to the entire plant is going to force growth out. Okay. Okay.
6: Now, at this time, I shouldn't try it. Like, I I thought maybe I should put it into a smaller pot or something, but I'm afraid to disturb the root ball at all.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't do that. No, um, putting it into a smaller pot isn't going to... Uh, to its advantage at all and any repotting is stressful, so right now you will, it's already been stressed, so what you want to do is you want to get it out of that stressful state it's in and get it happy again. Because remember, when it doesn't have functioning green leaves on it, it can't photosynthesize. And when right. it can't, a plant can't photosynthesize, it's not able to absorb light energy and convert it to carbohydrate and basically feed itself. So it is suffering because of that as well. So you want to do whatever you can to get some green growth on that plant that's actually functioning. So, like I say, just do an entire uh, pruning on the whole thing, two to three inches off every stem and branch, and new growth will arrive from somewhere. Once that new growth is clearly clear where it's coming from, then you're going to do some better pruning. You know, be it another month from now, uh, yeah, February it might be late February before you're really cleaning it up and getting the plant balanced out.
6: Okay. Okay very good
3: thanks so much for your call let us know how that works out I
6: have a quick comment on orchids Uh Uh, I heard you guys talking just before I phoned in here and I have a a four year old orchid that i managed to force to flower again every year and it has Uh three beautiful buds on it just getting ready to flower now excellent excellent. good for you Anyhow. For somebody very, who travels
3: travels a lot, you, uh, you've you got some good things going on with your plants.
6: Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm the only one in the house that likes the plants. Everyone oh. else tries to kill them. I know.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's fine that in the house, yeah, only one person should be in charge, because yeah. they either get overwatered or underwatered if everybody's in charge. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. your call, Larry.
2: Thank you. Have a great day. You okay, too. take care Do of those uh, listening in from Calgary. Isn't yeah, that nice Yeah, it's fine. Very nice. Yeah, you're listening to The Gardening Show here at AM 740 with Charlie Dobbin. I'm Frank Proctor. This Susef for the Garden as we say hello to Helen, listening in from Scarborough. Good morning, Helen.
3: Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Um, good.
9: Um, I have an ice storm question, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to get lots of them. I have a Daphne, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty well flattened, mm-hmm. uh, sort of spread-eagled from the middle out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and It's clearly not going to bounce up. Um, One of my neighbors has a honeysuckle which was over the fence and flat. Mm -hmm. It has completely bounced back up. But my Daphne is not looking very happy at all. And I know uh, I'm going to have some trouble trying to save it. And I would like to know how much when the snow and ice and all the winter has gone, can I prune
3: it back? Uh, and where. Hmm. Good question, actually. So Daphne is an evergreen or a semi-evergreen, which is why it probably hasn't bounced as much Mm -hmm. as the deciduous plants. So... When you look at it, like, has the snow and the ice that did pile up on it has virtually disappeared at this point?
9: No, not completely. Some of the lower branches closer to the ground are still
3: basically
9: frozen in the piles of snow.
3: Now, and Daphne is, believe it or not, it's a fairly brittle plant. So it could be that with that weight of all that snow and ice, it could be that once all that ice and snow disappears, you're going to see that some of those branches are broken. And if that's the case, that's where you're going to prune. Of course. However... What I would be inclined to do in the spring, because um, Frank doesn't know how lovely this plant is, but this is a plant that is so fragrant. Yeah. When it blooms early in the spring, the entire neighborhood knows it's blooming. Like oh, it, wow. Yeah. It is just the most lovely, most um, very strong like scent, but it's a really, really lovely plant. So uh, if you're going to do any pruning on a flowering shrub, we do it after they flower. So you can shear and give a, a whole haircut to that plant post flowering. Which would be probably May this year, depending on the spring, Mm -hmm. could be late May. But first, like I said, you're going to see if there's broken branches uh, in amongst there that are going to be, enti- you know, you just have to remove them entirely. It can't, you know, there are, some of the Daphnes really stand up as a shrub, and some of them sprawl more on the ground Anyways, Is yours a variegated variety, or is it um, yeah, green? Yeah,
9: the um, Carol Mackey. Carol
3: Mackey. Yeah, which tends to be quite upright.
9: Well, it is, but interestingly, it, it clearly likes where it was, because it's only been there about, seven or eight years, mm. but it's probably four feet high oh, yeah. and a good eight feet wow. wide. Yeah, yeah, they do and in get fact, big. I have pruned it around the edges back already mm. a couple of times because it's going to take so over the, <laughs> the garden. Um, so it clearly likes to be wider than tall. Yep. Yep. And I think this too is, you know, when you add a weight of, sun, uh, of snow. snow and yeah. ice on it, it's going to flatten like it has. Yeah. But what I was wondering is would it regenerate from the middle?
3: No, nope. so I get you. Um, not so middle. much. No. It's no. new growth is all on its tips. So ah. that's why you are going to, um, after, like once the snow and ice is gone, you're going to prune at, for health. But you're also, after it flowers, going to prune for shape. Okay. So that, you know, that's where you're going to get out your shears, perhaps, or your pruners. And, and because you just don't want, if, if six feet wide is just way too wide, then you might have to take it back in a foot. And okay. new growth will come from where you're pruning on those tips. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's, that's great. Good. I'll give it a try. Wonderful. Great, great call, Helen. Call.
2: Thank you so much. And uh, the Garden Show is on the air right now, and we've got a bit of time to go, too. Although, I'm just looking at that clock, and it's time to take a little, little bit of a break here. But we will return and uh, talk to Ron in Orangeville and uh, Georgette in Cambridge. Folks waiting on the lines to talk to Charlie Dobbin on the Garden Show from AM 740.
1: Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, Gee, the calls are coming in uh, fast and furious here, so (laughs) let's, let's get to the next caller online. That would be Ron in Orangeville. Hi, Ron. Good morning.
5: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I have a Christmas cactus. I've had it for two years now. Mm-hmm. And in the summertime, I've heard your program about them. And I put it out in the summertime and bring it in around the 1st of October. And this thing has bloomed constantly since the 1st of October and it's still covered in bloom.
3: Wow, nice.
5: And I just ignore it all summer long. Mm-hmm. And I do the same with my amaryllis. And I put a lot of compost on my amaryllis. Yeah. And it has bloomed. It bloomed on Christmas Day, it opened.
3: Wow! So and you, so you just, really
5: do appreciate your show. Uh, oh, I've learned a lot cool. and uh, continue on with the great
3: work. Thank you, Ron. Before you go anywhere, the amaryllis—do you keep that growing? Like you never allow it to go dormant, you just keep it growing in a pot. I
5: bring it in. I brought it in about the first of October mm-hmm. and ignored it. I uh, the leaves died back, oh, they and, did, then, yeah.
3: uh, and then and then I woke just up brought again. it in and
5: yeah. it started to grow.
3: So it the, I left
5: it set for about about oh maybe six weeks.
3: Yeah. And so the and leaves then I
5: start to water it and yeah. it just came right back.
3: With flowers. So and the leaves did they die back when it was outside in the garden, like start back in September or was it when you brought it in that the leaves died back?
5: They started to die down in the, the garden. Yeah in the
3: fall. Outside
5: right. because uh I sort of ignored it, maybe too much, but uh,
3: but it was shorter days too, shorter days and, and cooler nights. That often it, triggers plants. It
5: was in, in a shady area, and it just you know it just died down, Good and for then I you. brought it in, and nice. it just came right back. My mother-in-law always said you have to put lots and lots and lots of uh, manure on them,
3: mm-hmm. and so and, and it
5: just keeps on going. Wow. I had this for about five, six years. Somebody gave it to my wife. And when she passed away, I just kept it going.
3: Yeah, really neat. Very, very good. So lots of compost, like you said, on the amaryllis. And not the Christmas cactus. I wouldn't think it would, it wouldn't like so much compost.
5: No, no. It's more just soil.
3: Yeah. Wow. Good tips. It
5: just keeps on, it keeps on blooming. It's been about three months. Very nice. And festive. Thanks for and your I call. I learned that from your show, so thank you very, very much. <laughs> thank you,
3: Ron. <laughs> Our pleasure. All the
5: best for the for
3: 2014. And you bye. too.
5: Thank bye. you.
2: Bye bye now, and all the best to health too, to everybody listening in out there. <laughs> and boy, uh, we've got call. Oh, now here's another question about an amaryllis mm-hmm. from Cambridge. It's Georgette. I love that name, Georgette. Hello, yeah. Georgette. Welcome Hello. to the show. Good morning.
9: Good morning. Um, yes, uh, well, the gentleman before did answer, does
3: this plant actually go dormant? <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like he leaves his outside, yeah. he, like his amaryllis goes out in the spring in the pot, mm-hmm. uh, and then he buries it probably in a shady spot out in the garden, and like he said, he, he does add compost to the pot that the amaryllis is in. It stays out till October. Well, by October, the leaves have started to turn yellow. So he mm-hmm. pulls it up out of the garden, brings it into the house and does not water it, completely ignores it. So the leaves have already started to turn yellow at that point. They continue to turn yellow through October and through November and you know, yellow and brown and fall off. And then by December, time to start watering the plant. And of course, you start to water it in December and it all starts to grow again. And as Ron said, it's just came back with all kinds of flowers for the fourth year running.
9: Yeah, Uh, so it is growing in the summer season, though,
1: when it's in the garden. That's right,
3: because remember, it's a bulb, and the bulb Mm -hmm. needs to fatten up again, and it does that through its leaves, so a lot of energy goes into the creation of all those flowers, so all that energy drains out of the bulb to make the flowers and then of course we allow leaves to grow and that fattens the bulb up again then the the bulb takes a break a six to eight week break and then when it starts to grow again it starts to grow immediately with flowers Oh,
9: okay. Now there's all kinds of good instructions on the box but nothing about uh, the plant going dormant. I know. Maybe I'd have to pick out to let it dry completely and then start again next year Well
3: you do, like in order, sometimes plants don't naturally want to go dormant Like, if they're in your house as a houseplant, and it's Mm -hmm. September, October, they're just still going to keep acting green, right? So you have to stop watering to force it to go dormant. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. And
9: if I don't want to put it in the garden, like, is that what I should be doing, then just... Stop watering for a while, and well,
3: then. Well, that's right. So, whether it's in your house or outside all summer, you have to water through that process and let it grow as a green plant. Okay. But at some point, usually early September, we stop watering. Whether it's outside or inside, no more water, and by October, it's dormant.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll get
9: that. I've got that. Thank you
3: very much. Thanks very so much helpful. for your call. Thanks. Our pleasure.
2: righty. and we have a little note showing up uh, on the uh, line here. Our monitor from James Patrick Dooley. I know. Has he's been speaking to a, a good guy. Uh, obviously a lovely woman, uh, Cecilia. She would like to know where to buy the sticky traps, Those the sticky the,
3: sticks. Yeah, okay. the ones yeah. called sticky sticks, S-T-I-X sticks, made by Safer's. So any retailer that sells Safer's products, I believe. Uh, we don't know where Cecilia li- lives, but any of the – like the, right, the Home Depots, mm-hmm. the Lowe's, they would sell – Canadian Tire, they would sell Safer's products. So you could try there. Or uh, if you have a garden center like a Sheridan's or a you know, Terra Greenhouses, any of those sort of big garden centers, they will have it as well. So just depending on where Cecilia was calling from, that's what I would recommend too. that's to lower fungus gnats in your home. Even sound
2: nasty, you know? Like fungus Fungus gnats. Gnats, gnats that eat fungus. Great name for a baseball team or whatever. Hmm. It's fungus gnats, and they're leading five nothing. Oh, sorry, Uh, I got I got slightly carried away there, which is. Sort of not on I your was going to say, that's now.
3: fairly consistent.
2: And, be- <laughs> uh, and before I have to take a little bit of a break here, I want to just give those phone numbers because that last call, of course, from uh, Georgette, uh, leaves one line open now at 416-360-0740 for Toronto. And anywhere else in the province, hey, folks, toll toll free, 1-866-740-4740. We'll be back to talk to Brenda in Stony Creek in just a moment.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And Frank Proctor along for the ride, too, as the sous chef of the garden. Or
3: also known as the undergardener. Undergardener. You seem to prefer that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, a sous chef of the garden doesn't always isn't as clear as undergardener. Excuse me, <coughs> I'm dealing with a little bit of
2: cold here. Yeah, I know we're close to right, coffee, yeah. actually. Now <coughs> we have to go to Stony Creek, and on our monitor it says Stony Creek Mountains. I'm wondering, Brenda, mm-hmm. if you do indeed live on the ridge there, the or escarpment maybe, the escarpment.
3: Yeah. yeah. Good morning, Brenda.
8: Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Yes, I do live in Upper Stony Creek mm. or on the Stony Creek Mountain, uh-huh. as we like to call it in oh, Hamilton. Oh, yeah, yeah.
6: beautiful the mountain.
3: Cool. it
8: is beautiful, beautiful and believe it or not the spring is about a week to two later here uh-huh. up the hill yeah. uh, and below. the fall is about a week to two earlier
3: yep yeah always yeah, oh, yeah well? the elevation yeah, does course. make a difference for sure
8: even though in Hamilton you have to say up South <laughs> the mountain and down north for by Lake Ontario. Isn't
2: that weird? Yeah, I know. yeah.
3: it is. Yeah, there's some odd geography well, when you get down into the lake. The lake is to the north. north. And, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So, so you had the ice storm, did some damage to your cedars?
8: The big ice storm, yes. Yeah. Uh, maple branches broke, yeah. and that's one thing. But um, I have tall cedars, mm-hmm. about 20 feet, and some are about 25 feet. And they took beautiful photos because it looked like a wonderland, but mm. the cedars were bent over completely in half. Mm-hmm. Some broke, but the ones who did not break are still sad and droopy. Yeah. And there are clumps of cedar about three or four together. And I'm wondering if um, I can get somebody 15 feet tall, huh? if they could tie the trunks close together again. There's
3: no advantage to tying them up, though. They, oh, they're drooping. I know. But see, so if some of them broke off, they probably broke at about the 15-foot or 12-foot point, right? Probably. And yeah, cedars are tough. Once they get pretty big, like old, you know, they're 30 or 40 years old, mm-hmm. and they're 20 or 25 feet high, mm-hmm. they will do exactly what you experience. They tip over in the heavy snow or the heavy ice and will break or, or bend over, not break, but never stand up again. Oh. Personally, what I would do, I would um, hire uh, a skilled person, 15 feet tall, to (laughs) come and I would take them all off at the 15-foot point. Don't even try and tie them together. There's no advantage. Any kind of tying, all you're going to do is constrict the stems, the trunks of the trees, ultimately, so that they're going to die in that top section anyway. Anyway. And remember that when a plant is weakened and gone down like that and we try and stake it and tie it and hold it up, it's, we're fighting nature. Like gravity is taking it down and we're trying to take it up and it's still going to look silly. It's never going to stand up properly because it doesn't have that, the stem isn't strong enough. Right. So the best thing to do is just cut that stem right down.
8: Right. And I'm over 39,
3: so I understand gravity very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Exactly. Well, and its it was so interesting how so many plants did bounce right back. Mm. They had gone from lying flat on the ground, wow. six days later, they were standing up. And that, you know, it, in the Toronto area, it was a six-day flattening on everything, and most things went up. Now, not all of them, and you're right, that many of the cedars are still looking quite limp, and there's there's really nothing that can be done other than to cut them down.
8: All right. Well, okay. that's not, you know, what I was hoping, but I, I thought that might be the case.
2: Yeah. Just the way it is, I guess. Yeah. That's the way thank
8: it is. Well, thank, thank you for the call, happy Brandon. New Year.
3: Thank you very much, and, and you same too. same to you. Take care.
2: Okay, all the best from everybody here at AM740.
3: Uh, People do that all the time, eh? They, they're always tying plants yeah, up, yeah, thinking yeah. That, that that's going to make it better. And it doesn't work. No. Like, it Ultimately, the strings break, more ice comes, something, yeah. the plant goes the plant, right back.
2: The plant's weakened and it will that's not right. rejuvenate. Bondage
3: no. for plants. It's really not a good idea. Plants <laughs> don't appreciate it. No. No. You oh. prune to avoid the bondage. <laughs> my, you can see my mom. She's constantly tying it's things up. It's the X-rated up. garden show on the air now. <laughs> you should see the fancy string and knots she puts on everything it's like mother stop it we prune we don't tie up
2: <laughs> wow uh, okay this whole show is going to take a whole new attack here rose in brighton ontario one of my favorite little uh, yeah. cities there good morning
9: good morning rose Oh, I love your show, and I've learned so much, even though I've gardened for years, and I'm like the lady over 39 years. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I was given a mandevilla mm-hmm. last spring, and it was out on my deck, and it just did wonderful. Mm-hmm. It bloomed crazy, and we twirled it, and put, we put stakes in, and all mm-hmm. the rest of it, and then, we, of course, we brought it in. Mm-hmm. Well, it lost every leaf, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. but I keep watering it and it's in a fairly sunny spot, mm-hmm. warm, and I um, one, I see some green on it. And my daughter thought, well, looks like they're going to,
8: do you think it's going to live?
3: Probably, <laughs> but be careful about watering a plant that doesn't have any leaves on it. Oh. Right, because you can rot the roots because if the plant's not using that water, the roots will, will just be sitting in soggy you know, soil and they, right. will, they have a tendency to rot. So what I would do if I were you is uh, stop watering. Keep it in that sunny location or put it in as sunny of a spot as you have. Yeah. Get out your pruners. Give it a pruning. Now, Now you can take up to a third off that plant, but if you're seeing new growth coming from the base or, you know, a foot up from the crown or wherever you're seeing little bits of new growth, cut back to that point. Mm-hmm. And only water, like stick your finger in the soil, do not water if the soil feels damp at all. So that you might wait another week or two before you do any watering.
9: Mm-hmm. But, I certainly
3: will. Um, but the day Days are getting longer, right? Plants are responding yeah. to these longer, the longer day length, though today is so gray and foggy it's hard to believe. But once we get some real good sunshine happening, a lot of the plants that have been struggling in the low light are going to start to really pop some growth, and that's when we will prune to that point.
9: Yes, you see, I uh, it, we twirled it around the stakes and that. So, mm. but I will, I'll, I'll trim it back and uh, see what
3: happens. Yeah, let us know. How yeah, it, how you, you it may out. have to yeah. untwirl it. Like that's that <clears> all <throat> that lo- big long growth that happened outside <clears> last spring yeah. often will die back just very naturally and normally in the fall and winter. Mm-hmm. So don't you know? Don't hesitate to. It, it okay. takes a while, you know, it might take an hour or two, right? Each, go <laughs> untwirl each branch, follow down to where, it, go, you know, there's a bit of green, cut that one off. Yeah. Go to the next one, untwirl, and follow down and, and prune. Fine. Okay.
9: Thank you very, very much. Oh, you're very you're welcome. welcome. Thank okay. Thanks for your call. Bye-bye, and
3: Happy New Year. Thank you very much.
2: Now, now, here's an interesting call. Olga in North York has been trying to get on <laughs> since the summertime. <laughs> she is, number one, a first-time caller. And... uh I, mm, I was going to say something about repeating myself, because she's going to talk about radicchio. Mm. But that's that's lettuce, isn't it?
3: It is a form yeah. of lettuce, yeah. Yeah.
2: Not radishes, <laughs> as I was first thinking. Thinking. Flashing yes. on. So, quickly, uh, Olga, welcome to the show. You finally made it.
6: Thank you. Yes, hi. Welcome. Yeah. Well, so, I'm growing uh, vegetables. I have a small vegetable garden, mm-hmm. and I love radicchio. Mm-hmm. But... It grows, it starts to close, and after, in the crown, you know, in the Mm -hmm. heart of the radicule, the leaves just look like something sucking the juice out and they just fall out. They don't grow no more. Okay, so. I try. Putting the tubes, you know, like toilet, toilet paper mm-hmm, tubes mm-hmm. around with the roots, but it doesn't work. It doesn't Nothing
3: make, works. right. Uh, okay, you know what, leave this with me. I'm going to report back on that for next week, for next Saturday morning. Okay. Uh, and see if I can come up with a solution. How long does it take before that, that center starts to die down? Is it a couple of weeks or do you get, like, are you harvesting right through to July or August or is that happening in June?
6: No, it's happening later on, you know, when the radicule starts to close, you know, like making a ball, like a. Yeah. You know, okay. And then the leaves are, are all sucked up. Okay. And they just fall out. Okay. And they don't grow anymore. Okay. I've been trying everything, you know, all but right. nothing works, so maybe you can help me with that. All
3: right. I will report back next Saturday.
6: All right. Thank all right. you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for your call. Thanks Bye-bye. for <clears throat>
2: being so patient yeah. since summertime. My gosh, Olga. All, all the very best. Pardon me. As we um, I looked toward the clock there, and, and as I looked up to the studio behind the glass there, there walks Dave Rediger. My back have, from Florida. Uh, Dave's Corner Garage. <laughs> Alan Gelman is in here too. He's in fine fettle this morning too. I know. And I have chat to chat with Alan. Yeah, that's right. Well, they're both fun fine guys, fettle. and they're very, very knowledgeable about right. any sort of vehicle at all.
3: That's true. And you, my dear, what are you doing today?
2: Well, uh, I'm back at one o'clock, of mm-hmm. course, uh, mm-hmm. for live in the city with mm-hmm. Frankie Proctor, mm-hmm. and then from two to three, of course, it's the diner. And what I'm going to do today on the diner. Since it's a new year, I'm going to ask only people who have never made it onto the show ah. uh, to send, send me their requests. requests by the phone. Yeah, ah. So we'll see how
3: that goes. Right. Well, yeah. that's it. You never know. People might who have been wanting. Yeah, just can't get through. Can't get yeah. through. Yep, yep. Very cool. And you? Uh, me, I'm going to go home. I think it's time to take the Christmas tree down. Oh,
2: <laughs> I accomplished that the other day. Did you? Yeah.
3: I haven't. No. So it's time for me to do that. I think it's uh, it's getting to that point, you know.
2: Yeah, or you just leave it and redecorate it for Easter.
3: <laughs> it's gonna, at some point, it's going to start <laughs> dropping needles. <laughs> so I think it's time to, uh, yeah, get that moving on and moving out. And, well, thanks uh, for a great show, Charles. Yes, been fun. and thank you so much for being the best undergardener out there. And
2: James, all the best.
3: See you at one. We couldn't do this without James. Thanks to all our great callers as well. See you all again next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio.